0: Good Tidings, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton, accompanied by Dorinda today, and we are glad that you're with us here to begin this first Saturday of the month of June, and we pray that God's been blessing you. We're thankful that you're tuned in. Let somebody know that the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast is on here on these beautiful airwaves of WXAN Radio in The windswept hills of Ava, Illinois. We're glad that you're listening by radio at 103.9, excuse me, FM, or on the internet at WXANradio.com. Click on listen live. But we're glad you're tuned in today. Hey, we told you last week, in our before the message, we were going to start preaching some messages about salvation, because I'm committed to the fact, and I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt, through the Holy Spirit and through God showing me that, and Dorinda, we've talked about it recently, it's been a burden on our hearts. Folks, I'm committed to this fact. I've been preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ for a long time, and I've been experienced in churches all around the country with a variety of Christians preachers people in ministry and i believe this with my heart most christians most preachers most pastors cannot clearly plainly and simply explain the gospel of jesus christ biblically so that any educational intellectual level of a sinner could understand it and i believe it and i believe it's a shame and i believe it's wrong and i'm not accusing nor judging anybody but i've made an observation here so the next series the next several messages now lord willing we're going to bring or on salvation, if you have lost loved ones, people that you want to hear the gospel plainly and clearly, with an invitation given, like we always do, make sure they tune in to the Good Tidings radio broadcast for the next coming weeks, several weeks, because this is something God's put on my heart, and we're going to explain salvation crystal clear and biblically. And if you have comments about it, you can correspond with me on email drdave13 at gmail.com, d-r-d-a-v-e-1-3 at gmail.com. Like always, we encourage you to support WXAN Radio prayerfully and financially. What a wonderful ministry. And Dorinda and I are glad to be part of this network of people here doing what we can to lift the Bible, preach Jesus Christ to a lost world, and then edify you as a believer. This literally has, this ministry has the best gospel music this side of heaven, and the programming is fantastic. I'm grateful. So we want you to open your Bibles this morning to the Old Testament book of Isaiah. Go with us to Isaiah, and we're going to use a passage of Scripture this morning that's often referred to. If especially we preachers, we read from the guys that are predecessors that have come on before us. And one of my heroes of the faith was Dr. Curtis Hudson, who's with the Lord. And I'm thankful for Dr. Hudson's ministry and the Sword of the Lord ministry that he was over after he got done pastoring. But also um, the content of the Sword of the Lord, a lot of the old preachers of the faith. And one of them that I like to read after is none other than Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who God used mightily to shake the continent of England with the gospel of Christ, he pastored the Metropolitan Tabernacle in London. And it was so filled with people week in and week out to hear uh, Dr. Spurgeon preach that they had to sell tickets or give tickets away to people. They would ask their own people uh, not to come some weekends, To make room for visitors, thousands of people heard the gospel of Christ and were saved through the ministry of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Well, if you read his biography, you'll find out that Charles Haddon Spurgeon was saved under under really unique circumstances, under a snow-filled blizzard blizzard given day, where he found his way into a church that he actually wasn't even the church he was headed to, but God divinely directed his steps. The preacher for that church couldn't be there that day, but a few of the parishioners were. And one gangly, stringly-looking fella got up when it was time to bring uh, God's Word, and he didn't even know what to do, but he just opened a Bible, his Bible. And he opened it up to today, what will constitute our text, and that is Isaiah chapter 45 and verse number 22. Isaiah chapter 45. At verse 22, the Scripture says, Isaiah 45 and verse 22, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. Amen. That is the verse that the layman read in the church On that snowy, blustery morning when Charles Haddon Spurgeon finally understood salvation. The Holy Ghost opened up his understanding, illuminated him, in other words, off this verse. And he saw himself as a sinner. And he realized that salvation was only in Jesus Christ. And he was born again. Folks, it is my intent over the next coming weeks to share the plan of salvation with various messages, clearly, plainly, and utmost importantly, biblically, for you and your loved ones to understand. And you can understand how to take your Bible and lead them to faith in Christ, those grandbabies, (coughs) those great grandbabies. So let's take a look this morning on the text that made salvation plain to Charles Spurgeon. Isaiah 45 and verse 22, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. As I indicated a while ago, the biography of Charles Spurgeon is fantastic. Every Christian should read it. Every preacher should definitely read it. And I believe that God would help us understand how to better preach and prepare the gospel and share it with sinners of all intellectual abilities. Because all people need to be saved. And Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, folks. So, I want to ask you this morning. If I were to ask you individually about your experience of being saved, and we talked about that in our Memorial Day service, how we should remember that. I believe if I put that question out to any congregation... In southern Illinois, in southeast Missouri, in your locale, I wonder how any of them would ever, how they would reply, if they understood it or not. And the answers you would get (coughs) about salvation would be unique, I'm sure. But what about your experience? Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? the majority of people who attend a church for years and years never fully understand how to be saved never get a good mental grasp of the gospel of jesus christ and i blame the preachers and the leaders of the church for that and for that reason and for what we've just indicated for the next few weeks dorinda and i are going to share scriptures we're going to share messages that we want to preach a clear salvation message to you so that you can understand it. The same way it was preached to Charles Haddon Spurgeon the day he was saved. Isaiah forty five twenty two: Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. Number one, consider in this sermon the source of salvation. Amen. The source of salvation. Of salvation, the text says, "Look unto me and be ye saved." Now I emphasize the word "me," meaning Jesus, the Lord, Christ Jesus. It's absolutely futile is any plan of salvation that includes anything other than Jesus Christ. He will not share the privilege of saving someone with a church, with an individual, or with a religious organization. He is not a partial savior. He is the complete Savior, the only Savior, and no one else helps him save. If we added anything to Christ's salvation, it would take away from what he did on the cross of Calvary, his sacrificial death, his shed blood, his burial in the tomb and resurrection. Jesus is the source of salvation. John chapter 1 and verse 13, which were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now folks, whatever denomination you may be is your decision. But denominations don't save people. That's right. Isaiah 45 verse 22, this text that God used to save Charles Haddon Spurgeon. the text says, look un-, it doesn't say look unto the church, look unto your good life, look unto your baptism, or look unto your Reformation, or look under your ordinances, or look under your sacraments. The text says, Look unto me, that's Jesus, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the man who divided history into B.C. and A.D. is either the world's greatest con artist or the Savior. Jesus Christ is either the most fantastic liar that ever walked on this earth or he is what he claimed to be the son of god Amen. and what he said is absolutely true now you must decide that for yourself i've decided that he was not a con artist and that he is the savior and i told you last week i decided to trust jesus christ by faith as my savior june 18, 1990 and god saved me but you got to decide for yourself If he did tell the truth, then you must face up to what he said, because he said in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Folks, that needs no interpretation. That's right. It just needs to be read and accepted. Amen. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved over and over and over again. The Bible makes it plain that Jesus is the savior. Amen. John 3:16, the best known verse in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's Jesus. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In John chapter 3, and verse 18, he that believeth on him, let me say this morning, in the book of John, in the Gospel of John, the word believeth, believing, in its various forms, means to trust in, to depend upon, or to rely upon Jesus Christ and him alone as your personal Savior. But it's found over 90 times. And in John chapter 3 and verse 18, He that believeth on him, that's the Son, is not condemned. In other words, not under a sentence, a sin penalty. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Jesus is the Savior. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 12, he that, hath ma- he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. That is as plain as it can be. It doesn't say, He that hath the Church hath life. It doesn't say, He that hath the Baptist label hath life. It doesn't say, He that hath baptism hath life. It doesn't say, He that hath a good moral life hath life. It doesn't say, He that is honest hath life hath life. It says, he that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. The word hath is an important word. Don't forget that. One is a Christian because of what he or she has, not because of what they do. Amen. What must one do in order to be a millionaire? Some Somebody would say, have money. Yeah, and you're right. But to be a millionaire... You must have a specific amount of money, a million dollars. Very simple, isn't it? Everyone understands that. It is not what one does or how one lives that makes him a millionaire. It is not what one promises to do in the future that makes him or her a millionaire. It is what one has that makes them a millionaire. And the key word is hinges on have, 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 not do. Now, let me ask you a simple question. So simple that many well-meaning people will stumble over it. What must one have to be a Christian? Christ. Amen. 1 John 5:12. He that hath the son hath life. Jesus Christ is the source of salvation. Amen. Jesus Dorinda accepted him when she was young. Folks, If you stood at the gate of heaven today, and God said, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you answer him? Some of you would say, my grandmother saved me. Pastor David saved me. I've been a good person. I've never got a speeding ticket. I've never done this or that. You'd make up all kinds of things, and you may be well-meaning. But the Lord's not going to let you into heaven unless you have the right word, the right person. And you're going to have to say to him, I have trusted by faith Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And folks, your only hope of heaven is that Jesus Christ died for you on the cross, and he did. He shed his blood in your place to pay the sin debt that you owe. And folks, the only way you're getting to heaven is to look to him. For your salvation. Amen. The old country song. The old hymnal says. My hope is built on nothing less. Than Jesus blood. And righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. But wholly. Completely. Without reservation. Lean on Jesus name. amen. The source of salvation. Is Jesus. <clears throat> Isaiah 45.22. Our text says look unto me. That's Jesus, and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. One of the saddest things, and Dorinda understands this too, is that many well-meaning people are looking to something other than Jesus for their salvation. Some are looking to their good moral life, their church rituals, their church membership, or church ordinances or their baptism some are looking to their baptism and depending on that to get them to heaven but there is no promise in the bible to those who look unto anything other than Jesus Christ and him alone Amen. folks you will die in your sins and go to hell if Jesus and him alone is not your savior why doesn't the world see it we know The Bible says in Corinthians that the God, the little g, the God of this world, hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them, and they should believe, trust in, depend upon. He doesn't care if you're, he hopes, matter of fact, the devil, he doesn't care if you believe your baptism or your membership or your morality or your charitable, benevolent contributions will get you to heaven. If you're hanging on those, he's glad. He just doesn't want you hanging solely and completely on Jesus, because the devil knows that Jesus is the Savior. Amen. So why doesn't the world see it? That's why. <clears throat> why don't religious leaders understand it? Because the devil's clouded their minds. Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. Christ is the only source of salvation. Do you have Him as your Savior today? Do you know Him? Folks, we not only have in this text the source of our salvation, but secondly, the scope of our salvation. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. Don't miss this. I love preaching for several reasons, but the main reason is because everybody That I preach to as a prospect. Everybody needs what I have to offer through the Bible. And that is forgiveness of their sins. Folks, if I were selling refrigerators, not everybody would need one. If I were selling automobiles, not everybody would need one. But there is nobody alive who doesn't need forgiveness of their (laughs) sins through faith in Christ. Because Romans 3.23, all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. The scope of salvation is all the ends of the earth. I have no patience with Calvinists who teach a limited atonement. If anything in the Bible is made clear, the Bible is very clear, is the fact that Christ died for the sins of all men. Hebrews 2.9 But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, Crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2, he is the propitiation, atoning sacrifice, in other words, for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. John three sixteen makes it clear that salvation is for the world, the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus can save the worst sinner just as easily as he can save the most moral woman and man on the face of this earth. Look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. That's the scope of salvation. Salvation through Jesus Christ is available for all human beings. Amen. 2 Peter 3.9 The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. And again, the Bible says in 1 Timothy 2.24, Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Not only did Jesus die on the cross for all men, and makes salvation possible for all the ends of the earth, but he invites all men to come to him. In Matthew 11:28. Jesus invites all. He says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The last invitation in the Bible opens the door as wide as God can possibly Amen. open it, and it offers salvation to every human being. Amen. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Then God opens the door a little wider and says, and let him that heareth say, come. And then he opens the door a little wider and adds, and let him that is a thirst come. And then to make sure that everyone is included in the invitation, he opens the door as wide as possible and says, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Revelation twenty-two, seventeen. The scope of salvation is found in the words of the text, all the ends of the earth. <clears throat> 2,000 years ago, God took every sin that you've ever committed and every sin that you will ever commit if you live to be a 1,000 years old, friend, and he laid those sin on sins on his son, Jesus. Just like I lay my Bible in my hand, now that the Bible says... In Isaiah 53, 6, the Lord hath, hath," that's past tense, laid on him, that's Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Jesus died sacrificially in my place, Dorinda's place, your place. And the greatest truth that will ever course through your brain, friend, is that I'm te- what I'm telling you right now from the Bible, that all the sins that you've ever committed, even the ones you've forgotten about and the ones you hope nobody finds out about, were laid on Jesus Christ over 2,000 years ago, and that is not a figure of speech. It's a biblical fact. 1 <coughs> Peter 2 and <clears throat> 24 says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That's a fact. Second Corinthians 5.21. For he hath made him, that's God hath made him, that's Jesus, to be sin for us. He's our propitiation, our atoning sacrifice. That's why he took our place. Who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God, the very righteousness of God, in him it does not come through baptism morality church membership turning over a new leaf it comes through jesus and a personal relationship with him look unto me all ye that are saved all in all the ends of the earth salvation is for everybody that's the scope of it the death of jesus on the cross is sufficient for all but it's only efficient to those who believe on Jesus as Savior. Right. Have you believed on Him as your Savior? The word believe is found over 99 times in the Gospel of John alone. <coughs> and it means to trust in Christ to be your personal Savior. Amen. Our friends, have you trusted Christ as your Savior? Would you like to call upon Him right now and follow us in a prayer of faith from the sincerity of your heart? Do it right now. Recognizing you're a sinner and you can't save yourself, place your faith in him. Follow me in this simple prayer. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I'm trusting you and you alone to be my personal Savior. Amen. If you've done that, the Bible says you've been born again, John chapter 3, spiritually alive unto God now, redeemed and saved, and sealed unto the day of redemption. Now, friends, you got a home in heaven. If you need information to help you as a new Christian, we have that available for free. Just email me at drdave13 at gmail.com, drdave one 3 at gmail.com, and I'll get that to you free of charge. So, Isaiah 45, the verse that God used to save Charles Haddon Spurgeon. We see the source of salvation. That's Jesus. The scope of salvation. That's all the ends of the earth. That's everyone can be saved. And I'm out of time, but I'm going to conclude it with this <coughs> on the Good Tidings radio broadcast. The simplicity of salvation. Folks, this is where people stumble. People feel they got to do something. That something so wonderful as forgiveness of and salvation cannot be obtained so easily. But Jesus said, "All you got to do is look unto me." In Isaiah forty five twenty two, and be ye saved. The the old song says, "I have a message from the Lord." Hallelujah. The message unto you I'll give. Tis recorded in His Word. Hallelujah. It is only that you look and live look and live my brother live look to jesus now and live tis recorded in his word hallelujah it is only that you look and live friends this has been the good tidings radio broadcast and i am your radio pastor dr david pinkerton accompanied by my wife dorinda again we're grateful that you're tuned in you pray for us we're praying for you Have your friends tune in for the next several weeks because we're going to preach a series of salvation messages to keep and show you from the Bible how simple and plain it is and how Jesus is the Savior. And you can know for sure you're going to heaven. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Thank you for tuning in.
1: Yes, here. Emmanuel God is with us. Oh There's yes, no to fear. For unto you is born this day, Savior Christ our Lord. So fear not, fear by not. yourself. Yes, Emmanuel, God is with He's us. Is with us. And so need yes, He to is. Fear. For unto you is born this day the Savior, Christ our Lord. So fear now.